peoples of the worldwide federated internet, what's good? So every time I think about getting out of the book of Jonah, I go back, I read some more, I listen to some more people talk about some things and I'm like, man, okay, now I need to go back and revisit this right here. Again, what I've been doing is, and this is not something I'm telling you, you have to do, but it's been helpful to me. I've been listening to uh, non-converted Uh, Jewish rabbis so they don't believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Messiah which he is and I've been listening to to what they say about the book of Jonah the different things they believe about the book of Jonah and what their approach is to the entire book and it's very interesting and what happens is as I as I go through the book as I move past I'll hear something said and I'll go back like, oh, wait a minute. I missed that. I completely missed that. And I think the the reason and how that happens is even even though they don't believe that the Lord Jesus Christ is the Messiah, they understand certain things about the book of Jonah. It's it's kind of a it's, it's kind of a weird, a weird way I think about this because they don't except the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah, there are things within the book of Jonah that they do get that we might gloss over because we have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah. If that makes sense to you, that that may or may not make sense. But anyway, I want to get back to the book of Jonah chapter two, and I want to go over something in verse two. Let's get into this. All right. So in verse two, Jonah says something. He said and said, I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord. And he heard me out of the belly of hell cried. I and thou heardest my voice. And one thing you have to remember when you read stories like this, sometimes you you forget about time. You forget about the fact that this was written after Jonah's entire experience, right? So he knew and understood, yo, when I was in the the, the belly of this uh, great fish, I cried out to God and he heard me. Jonah was spit out. His life was spared, right? Jonah got another opportunity to go do exactly what God told him to do. And and this is my thought. And I take you back to what I said in the other video. How unlike God are we? And I would say we are very much so unlike God. And sometimes we don't really think about that because we're so wrapped up in our day-to-day lives, which I understand, I get it. But we don't think about how God approaches people and situations and what God Um, uh, what God's mind is on something. Now, nobody 
can fully know the mind of God, but we can know the mind of God as laid out in the Bible and what he revealed to us about himself that we often don't pay attention to. When I when I read that verse, my mind went back to something in the book of Ezekiel that I've read before. So I'm going to go back there to the book of Ezekiel, chapter 33, verse 11 through 16. And I want you to listen to this and and just understand as you're listening to this, how unlike God we are, because man, we are. All right. So verse 11, say unto them. As I live, saith the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn ye from your evil ways. For why will ye die, O house of Israel? Therefore, thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people, the righteousness of the righteous shall not shall not deliver him. In the day of his transgression, as for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turneth from his wickedness. Neither shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness in the day that he sinneth. When I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live. If he trust to his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered. But for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. Again, when I say unto the wicked, thou shalt, uh, thou shalt surely die. If he turn from his sin and do that which is lawful and right, if the wicked restore the pledge, give again that he had robbed walk in the statutes of life uh, without committing iniquity. He shall surely live. He shall not die. None of his sins that he hath committed shall be mentioned unto him. He hath done that which is lawful and right. He shall surely live in verse in verse 11. Cause sometimes I think we have this, uh, this whack-a-mole idea of God. I think a lot of people have that idea because they read the Old Testament without context and they might read a Bible account without context. And the first thing they're thinking is, oh, God is just, you know, like this angry God in heaven, just looking to stamp out everybody. Now, understand my view of God is not a world's view of God. God does have anger and wrath uh, towards sin and unrighteousness. But because of that, we assume that God is just looking to whack everyone. And that's what he takes pleasure in. You have to really read the Bible past robotic reading and start asking a good practice that I've done. It's kind of helped me. Start asking yourself some questions when you read your Bible. Why did God do this? Why did this happen this way? Why did this person say this? And I think if you do that, if you start asking yourself more questions, then you will realize that you get way more out than the robotic reading of the scripture. And one of the things I got, especially when I read this, it stood out, in my opinion, like a sore thumb. 
God said in verse 11, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Now, if I'm supposed to follow Christ, then how could I take pleasure in the death of the wicked? Now, don't get this confused because people get these ideas misconstrued. Sin will be judged. People will be punished. That doesn't mean I have to take pleasure in that punishment. This is not something God takes pleasure in. Sin must be judged. Unrighteousness must be punished. But it's not something God takes pleasure in. He is righteous and he is holy. So sin and unrighteousness will be punished. And I think that contradiction in people's heads creates um, a conundrum sometimes. And sometimes people even back away from the faith, honestly, because their view and their understanding of God is outside of the scope of what God has told us about himself. Right. So people get this made up idea of God in their head and that's what they go with. And then they run into all kind of problems because of that made up idea. But getting back to Jonah. Right. Notice. And, and this is crazy. Jonah, and I said this already before, violated God is rebelling against God, called out to God and God forgave him. Caused that well to spit him out and God forgave him. Why doesn't Jonah want this same forgiveness for the Assyrians? Well, there's several things that are that are at play. And I think this attitude actually transitioned from generation to generation to the time of Christ with the religious leaders. And they had the same pious idea. But Jonah, in his mind, has this pious idea that what is good for him is not good for other people. So what God has done for him and worked out for him, well, nah, God doesn't need to do that for other people because Jonah in his mind is something special. I honestly believe that. Now, this is something that happens to all of us. Sometimes even maybe unconsciously it happens to us. We get this idea, like you ever had a, a sin, something you've done, something you violated, and you, you realize at some point that you need God's forgiveness. But then something happens with somebody else and they do something, maybe a similar sin, a similar violation. But yet you don't see how they should have access to that same forgiveness and you're ready to jump down in judgment instead of praying for mercy. This is this is where Jonah was at. He's missing the whole principle nature of God. And here's here's the funny thing. Uh, verse 13, something very interesting is said. God said, when I shall, uh, when I shall say to the righteous that he shall surely live if he trust in his own righteousness and commit iniquity, all his righteousness shall not be remembered, but for his iniquity that he hath committed, he shall die for it. Notice it says, his own righteousness. Isaiah chapter 64. Where's my notes at? Isaiah chapter 64. Yeah, this was a notes day for me because this was a kind of a, a broad thought. Isaiah chapter 64 and verse 6. There's a statement made. 
But we are all as an unclean thing, and all our righteousness are as filthy rags, and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. So my question is, is this just to the children of Israel? Is it only their righteousness is as filthy rags? Is this just to the people of this time? Is it only their righteousness is as filthy rags? I think this is a general statement that spans across time. And you kind of find a a similar idea in the book of Philippians chapter three and verse nine. The Bible says, and be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. That's the righteousness God's, God wants. This is not changed. And in the Old Testament, uh, the Bible proclaims and shows that Abraham believed God, and that's what was counted to Abraham for righteousness. So what does righteousness mean? Just according according to the divine law, just, equitable, merited. The only way you're just, equitable, merited before God is through faith. It's not through your own works. That's filthiness. You can't bring that to God and nothing has changed from the Old Testament to now. And there's a reason I'm getting to all of this with, uh, with the book of Jonah and it kind of it kind of leapfrogs from the book of Jonah back to the present and goes back to what I said about the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees really not paying attention to what was being said. Jonah wasn't ready to let the, the sins of the Assyrians past be forgiven. Jonah wasn't ready to forget that. And the thing is, that's unlike God. God said, yo, if there is a unrighteous man, if there's a wicked man and he turns from his wickedness, he's good. That wickedness won't be brought up anymore. That I'm going to tell you something. This is this is something that will help somebody who is either a young believer or has uh, struggled with some kind of doubt. Read those verses in the book of Ezekiel chapter uh, 33, verse 11 through 16. Look at what God says about, about that person's unrighteousness. He says, yo, when you turn from that, that ain't even going to be brought up to you again anymore. That that's, that's not, I'm not bringing that back up to you. So, and I hate to play this, you know, uh, the devil made me do it, or this is the devil or that's the devil. Sometimes it's just the way we think, right? The, the way we think in our fleshly mind. But this is what I'll tell you. If you have gone to God and repented for something, if you, if you got saved, if after you saved, you did something and you repented and you, you, you really turn, you're not doing that thing anymore. Yo, don't, don't let it beat you up because God is not constantly reminding you of that. That's not how God works. As I said, when you, when you look at the Bible, we have revealed to us the nature of God and we really need to read and rest in that. Uh, excuse me. I had something in my nose. Uh, so now why did I say all that? Okay. So if you go to the book of Matthew 
chapter 9 and verse 10 through 13. We're going to read something. Let's see. Let's get to it. Okay. And it came to pass as Jesus sat at meat in the, in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when a Pharisee saw it, they said unto, unto his disciples, why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, they that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Now, here's what I submit to you. If any one of these uh, uh, religious leaders, any one of these people at any moment when the Lord Jesus Christ brought up the book of Jonah, as far as that being the only sign that they will receive, had any one of them gone back and actually read the book of Jonah and, and passed the mechanical reading, passed the, the, the rigmarole of, of religious act, if any one of them had said, yo, wait a minute, God sent Jonah to Gentiles, not just any Gentiles. Like I said, you have to understand how wicked the Assyrians were. These, the, the Assyrians, if you think, and in, in this time, in the time of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you think the publicans and the sinners, you know, the unruly people, if you think they were bad, the Assyrians were three times, 10 times, 15 times worse than that. These people reveled in violence and wickedness. God sent Jonah to these people and they repented. You have to think to yourself, had any one of these religious leaders actually read that, They'd, they'd, their mind would have been brought back to this situation like, yo, okay, hold up. If this is the Messiah, how can we criticize him for sitting amongst the publicans and the sinners when God literally sent Jonah to an entire Gentile people when the mariners on the ship repented and turned to God, right? So if, if Jonah being definitely lesser than the Messiah, right? I'm putting my mind in the, in the space of a Jewish person at this time that doesn't believe the Lord Jesus Christ is the Messiah, right? If I'm that person, I'm thinking, yo, okay, if Christ is the Messiah, would he not be better than Jonah? And if God sent Jonah to the most wicked people of the time, why do I find it so odd that the Lord Jesus Christ is sitting with the publicans and the sinners. Again, when you look through the Old Testament, there's a lot of things like this that can easily be missed. And you, you really learn a lot about God and how God deals with a lot of these people. And the questions that we normally have about God and his nature, if we paid attention to our Bible past the mechanical reading, we would actually get a lot of those answers. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.
What's going on, peoples of the Worldwide Federated Internet? I am under the weather today. Crazy saying. I wonder where that comes from. So I'll return to podcasting as soon as I'm feeling better. No, it is not the Rona. Tested negative for that. I believe it might be sinus congestion. Anyway, pray for me and I'll return as soon as I'm feeling better. Thank you guys for listening.